Greetings, everybody. everyone. My name is Maggie Cavanaugh. I'm the host of Keys to Your Best Life. And today I have a dear sister in Christ, friend. I absolutely love this woman. Love the message uh, of hope that comes through her and her own personal testimony. Today, I'd like to welcome to the broadcast, Patty Mason. Patty, thank you for being here. Hey, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to have you on here because I've known you for quite some time mm -hmm. and you've got such a plethora of amazing books, but I believe there's a time and a season for everything. And today is the day uh, for us. I just really felt led uh, to have you during this season, particularly. And I think it's because of last year was a rough year for a lot of people, mm, people, you know, with, with COVID and all that was going on. And you have such an amazing testimony of God's goodness and how it brought you through so many difficult times. So those of you that do not know Patty, uh, I encourage you to go to her website. As soon as we get done with the broadcast, she has got some amazing tools and things to help you. If you're dealing with depression or if you love somebody that's going through depression, I mean, listen, we all have people in our lives that are hurting and we need to know how to interact with them to cause to bring some hope and healing rather than some pain and sorrow. And sometimes we can do that, not intentionally, but sometimes we can say the wrong things at, at the wrong time and not realize it. So, Patty, if the viewers, I would love for you to share just a little bit of your testimony, if you would. And what led you to writing your first book? Well, first of all, I'd like to share that depression can creep up at any time in our lives. I know you specifically mentioned COVID, but we don't have to be in a dark season to experience depression. I personally was at the peak of life. I had everything this world deemed valuable. I mean, I had a husband who loved me, three beautiful, healthy children. I had a successful career. I had a nice home. I had everything, and yet I hit a wall. I remember standing at the peak of life. I was on stage in Dallas, Texas, being awarded a... Um, for a level of achievement it was like the highest level of achievement in the company and i remember standing there going this is it this is what i shipped my kids off to a babysitter for i absolutely hit a wall maggie and from there my life just spiraled down a deep dark tunnel each day got increasingly darker i spent my days sleeping screaming and crying wow yeah, so, the, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of misconceptions about what depression looks like. Oh, and, and you're right. It can it can creep up at any time. And so from the outside looking in, you have the perfect life. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, depression also has a root. Yes. And for me, I think my depression story started when I was 18. And mm -hmm. so for the next 36 years, you know, I, I just, or I, I'm not really, uh, 36 years. I, I was 36 when I came to Christ. But it was like for the next 17 years from the time I was 18 to the time I turned 36, it was like I went in pursuit of all these things I thought were going to make me happy or fulfill me as a person or give me a sense of purpose. And none of them did. And I think when I came up void and my soul was bankrupt, that's when I think the depression symptoms began. But I had actually been depressed for 17 years and not really knowing it because I wasn't manifesting the symptoms. Right. So a lot of times we can be depressed and not realize we're depressed because depression comes through in anger. It can come through in, in, in our coping skills, like how we try to self-medicate, whether it's food or alcohol or drugs or sleep. 
even shopping, that can be a way we can try to self-medicate, try to make ourselves feel better. Uh, so for me personally, I know during that time, I tried to self-medicate with alcohol. Uh, it didn't work. Of course, it, it kind of helps to numb the pain a little bit, but it doesn't deliver you. Right. Also, you have to realize depression is different between men and women. Uh, men will manifest it very differently than women. Where uh, Men are more apt to turn to substance abuse, where women are more about their feelings, more about sadness, where men will become very angry or agitated. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean it won't cross lines, because right. for me, I was very angry during the Depression. In fact, it came out through fits of rage. And like I said, I also turned to alcohol to cope. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned it, it, you know, from 18 and on. It's funny, I got saved in my 30s as well. And there was a, so much struggle from there. And I remember distinctly a doctor, you know, trying to give me a prescription because he's like, you're depressed. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. You know, <laughs> I, you know I'm just and so there were so many things that it and symptoms that I had all the symptoms, but I never put a put anything on it. I could never define what was going on. I was just always looking to try to fill that void. And, you know, for those of you watching this, and if you're struggling with substance abuse, there is a root to everything. And there's going to be a fruit. And you have got to determine that whether or not your freedom is going to rely and just how well you deal with your root system. So Patty, obviously, you went down that journey. At what point did you finally recognize, you know, wow, there's something wrong here, and I'm going to have to make a turn around a corner? Yeah. Well, after about a year of manifesting, you know, severe fits of rage, you know, the endless sleeping, the endless crying and the endless screaming, um, I finally began to realize I needed help. Now, you have to understand that for the longest time I tried to fix myself. I mean, how many of us do that? You know, we read self-help books or we, we turn to anything we think is going to fix us right, and we need right. better now. We don't know what's really going on and we don't know how to fix ourselves, but we will do everything we can to to produce that. Uh, when I realized I couldn't fix myself, that's when I turned to family and friends. The only trouble was family and friends couldn't help me either. Right. Now here's what you have to understand about depression too, as a lot of us will wear a mask. A lot of us will pretend everything is fine when inwardly yeah. we're really dying. And because I had worn the mask for so long, when I actually started to get real with my family and friends, they didn't believe me. I was, I was a little nervous to tell them at first, but I was actually struggling with this because I thought they would judge me or criticize me, but they didn't. They simply didn't believe me or they right. would say things to me like, oh, you'll get over it. Right. Well, I didn't. <laughs> so that's when I also turned to doctors. Once I had um, extinguished uh, family and friends and the self fix, and then I turned to doctors having this get fixed quick mentality. I had convinced myself that I would just, if I could just get a pill, I would be fine. And I remember going down the list. I had a phone book in hand calling doctor after doctor only to hear things like, I'm sorry, we don't take your insurance or I'm sorry, we don't handle that kind of depression. I got to the last woman on the, uh, the last doctor on the list and a very kind woman spoke with me only to tell me at the end of our conversation, I'm sorry, but we can't help you. And that was when thoughts of suicide began to creep into my mind, because it was at that point I began to realize this is never going to end. Mm. And it was at that point when you get to that point of hopelessness, that's when those thoughts of suicide start to creep in because you begin to think there's no other way out. And I even had myself convinced that my family would be better off without me. Right. Yeah, those thoughts are those are heavy thoughts and they come in and they're so convincing. And and that's why so many times whenever we do hear about suicides that happen and we think, well, 
there were no signs. There were, but people didn't see it because the people wore the mask so tight that you could not identify it. There was always something, you know, there's a, uh, a trigger before the outbreak, so to speak. So, wow. So at that point, now, how old were you in, in, during this journey whenever everything started turmoil in that year? Well, this is when I was in my mid-30s. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And so what was your the breaking point? Did you find a doctor? Did you do prescription meds? No, I didn't. That was not the journey God had for me. I look back now and I think, you know, God wanted to be God in my life. Um, he, um, it, it was, yeah, it, it was a make it or break it moment. Now, you have to understand, I grew up in church. Okay. So I, okay. I grew up, I grew up believing in Jesus. I even believed he died on the cross for my sins. But here's the difference. I had no relationship with him. Right. Sure. I didn't pursue him. He was a last resort, Maggie. I had exhausted the self-help, friends, family, doctors, and now finally I'm at the end of my rope. And so now I'm going to turn to Jesus. He should have been my first resort and he ended up being my last resort. And so I remember it was, I will never forget this day. I got up feeling like I had been ground into the ashes from which I came. There was nothing left of me. And I got into the shower that day. I was at the end of my rope. And I believed that if God didn't intervene in my life that day, I feared I was just going to end it all. I was at the brink of suicide. I was done. And I stood in the shower that day, just crying out to God one last time, begging him to help me. And I really believe that the key to his intervention was that I admitted to him that no one could help me. Only he could help me. He was it. It began with him and it ended with him. And there was no other option. And I begged him to help me. And that was the day God intervened in my life. And I was miraculously healed from depression. Wow. Wow, that is an amazing testimony because so many people struggle for many years going yeah. on and on with the harassing thoughts and the end, you know, uh, and the endless countless doctors, counselors, you know, diets, everything trying to overcome it. You know, it's interesting. I had whenever I got delivered from um, from drugs, it was basically the same thing. And it's so but but yet that's not everybody's experience. Okay. And so, you know, I had a radical deliverance that took place but just because my journey happened that way it doesn't mean that if yours doesn't happen that way either way it's okay so if right. you need you know ongoing and we're not saying that it's not necessary it's not helpful for those things and obviously it's something that when you come to the end of yourself God is going to show you the right method and a treatment plan for you for long-term success but it didn't stop at that because you had to press in to the Lord didn't you Right. I, I did. I did. And again, like what you were saying, Maggie, you know, God is sovereign and the way in which he delivers you and the time frame in which he delivers you is completely in his hands. But yes. he is your deliverer. Just yes. briefly, you know, my husband went through depression seven years after I did. And my husband did go on medication and my husband did see a counselor. And so you know, God walked him out of it. it. It took a year for him to come out of it, but God did walk him out of it. But in both situations, God revealed himself as God and we began yes. to walk with him in a way we hadn't walked with him before. God has an amazing way of getting our attention sometimes. And <laughs> but he always comes into our life and reveals himself as God. Sometimes yeah. we just need to get out of the way. Oh, yes, I can tell you, I've stood in the way of God so many times. It was exhausting. 
It was exhausting. I, I, yes, I totally get that. I love the fact that you mentioned, and this is very important for people to understand, uh, if you, especially if you were a caretaker or in a relationship with someone that is actively in a depressive state, men and women are created as we're all fearfully and wonderfully made, but our chemistry is different. There's so much differences. So what were some of the things that you see different with the men and the women as mm -hmm. far as recognizing signs? Because maybe someone's watching today and they're thinking, I'm not depressed. I'm just angry. I used to always say, <laughs> I used to say I, whenever uh, yeah, a doctor or anybody would try to tell me, well, Maggie, you're depressed. And I'm like, I am happy. I'm just angry, you know? And at the yeah. time I was young and I was married to an alcoholic and, you know, I was going through cancer and there was all these things going on in my life. And I'm like, you know, once I get past the cancer, once I get out of this divorce or get a divorce or once this happens, I'll be okay. You know, I'm just angry. I'm not depressed. Yeah. So yeah. talk a little bit about the differences in that for those yeah. that might be thinking I'm not depressed. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of outward signs. There's everything from, you know, a change, a dramatic change in your sleep patterns and your eating patterns and in your daily habit. So watch for changes in behavior, whether it's men, women, teens, children, watch for dramatic changes in behavior. Watch for uh, like friends, like all of a sudden you have a shift in, in friends. Um, men are usually more angry than women, but women can become angry during sure. depression. Women typically tend to be a little bit more isolating. They tend to pull away more. They tend to show more emotion, more sadness than men do. Um, men will turn to different things like uh, sex, sports, uh, drugs, and alcohol to self-medicate. As I said, women will turn more to eating. They will turn maybe more to shopping. It's what it is, their coping skills, their, their coping mechanisms that we think somehow are gonna help us to get through. Right. But really, they're not really helping us at all. It's it's like these temporary little quick fixes that may help us to feel good in the moment, but it eventually wears off and then we're back to square one again. Um, when you're dealing with teens, sometimes it's really kind of hard to tell if a teen is depressed. Even right. counselors can have a difficult time telling if a teen is depressed. Is it just peer pressure? Is it because right. of the weight of their schedule? Because a, a teen goes through a lot of chemical changes in their body with hormones yeah. and so much is going on and in their minds and in their bodies. And then the added pressure of preparing for college and exams and peer pressure and, and the social media now and the bullying and all of this. And so is it something that they're dealing with at school or are they really depressed? So right. we do like on our website, we do have resources that people can access, especially if they join our Seeking Freedom Mentoring program, because we have a program that helps the, the one who is seeking freedom from depression wants to see, you know, get those life skills, get those things. Because what we do is we we don't just do do the emotion. We focus on the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit yes. because depression has a spiritual element to it yes, that absolutely. a lot of times is neglected. I mean, right. we, we deal with the emotions or we, we try to make some healthy shifts to our lifestyle, which is needed, but you also need to be able to treat the spiritual element as well. And we have all kinds of resources and training videos for caregivers that help them to understand what their loved one is going through. Because I'm going to tell you, if you have never experienced depression for yourself, you have no clue 
what your loved one is going through. You may think you do, but you don't. And a lot of times when we don't understand, we'll say things like what was said to me, oh, you'll you'll get over it, yeah. or just snap out of it, or make the choice to be happy. You know? <laughs> you know? and, and we can't just snap our fingers and get out of it. So one of the things we do for our caregivers <laughs> is we teach people what to say, what not to say, how to communicate yes. with your loved one. You yeah. want to make sure you you ask open-ended questions. You don't want to ask things like, "What? Well, how are you feeling today? Right. What are you going to get? Fine. You know, right. you, you want to ask questions that are going to create a dialogue between the person. Let them know that you love them. Let them know, even if you don't understand, let them know that you see them and that you hear them and that you are there for them and that you love them and that you are willing to walk this out with them. Above all for caregivers, the most important thing you can do is be a good listener. That's Just right. be attentive and be there. You don't have to fix them. Don't try to fix them. That's not your job. Right. Just be there and listen to them. But we, we do, we take you by the hand as a caregiver and we help you to help your loved one. And if you are a seeker, we take you by the hand and for eight weeks we walk with you in a in a just kind of a mentoring stewardship and encourage you on your journey toward freedom. That is so important. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because the Seekers Mentoring Program is exactly what people need because it it, it does more than just gives them um, tools. It gives them accountability. Right. Know? And, exactly. and that's what they need. They need to know that they're not alone, that they they have to take the action. Other people can't do it for them, per se, right. but yet they know that they don't have to do it alone. And that's where people really get isolated. And I think the enemy comes in and just hammers them. You know, I always use the expression, it's the banana that gets pulled away from the bunch that gets eaten. And they, you know, it is it's so true when we see relationships and people are hurting and they're in turmoil and so forth. And, it, and it's real. And, you know, we can look from the outside and think, well, you know, oh, you're going to be OK. This is just a little season. You'll, you're will you going to get through this or like you said, just snap out of it or, you know, or what about this one? This this was real hard for me when I was a baby Christian. I would get the Oh, you just have to trust the Lord, honey. You just don't have enough faith. How, what would you yeah. say to that statement? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that's a lot of go to statement. You know, if you just pray harder, <laughs> pray harder, you know, um, you know, yes. OK. I love the Psalms. Honestly, when I am feeling really broken inside, when I am struggling as a believer, I love to get in the songs because David, Maggie, David was raw with his emotions. Oh, and yeah. he, he just, it's almost as if he gives us the words that express how we feel when we know we're just feeling this horrible wreck inside, but it's like, we just can't seem to find the words to express how we feel. David can do it for us. But then it's, it's like he flips it. And then he goes, why so downcast all my soul? Why so disturbed within me? But yet yeah, put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And we need to be able to do that. And the Psalms right. help us do that. So if you're struggling, get in the Psalms and let, let it give voice to your pain. Let it give voice to the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you as Christians, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're not going to battle depression. That's Look right. at scripture, Maggie. Look at how many people in scripture. Oh, battle yeah. depression. You had Elijah, you had um, Hannah, you, uh, you had David himself, you That's had right. Job, you had uh, Jeremiah. I mean, so many of them came to a point where they despaired of life. There was, there were prophets that cried out, I am done, Lord, I am done. You know, take my life. There's no more, you know, but yet God never left them in that state. He That's revealed right. himself to them right where they were 
as they cried out to him. That is the most important thing. Just because we're believers doesn't mean we are not going to experience depression or oppression from the enemy. Learn to know the difference. Oh, yeah. Because even as believers, we may not necessarily be depressed, but we could be experiencing oppression, which is a spiritual weight from the enemy. It talks about it in Isaiah 61, where it talks about that spirit of despair, that spirit of heaviness. That is a spirit that comes upon us and it creates a lot of the same symptoms that depression has, but it's really spiritual attack. So learn to know the difference and learn to, to fight, stand up and start rebuking the enemy. I mean, even if you don't feel like you have a lot of energy or a lot of strength to do it, because that spirit it just weighs you down so much. It's like you just feel like you can't praise, but praise is power. Remember when Silas and Paul were in the prison and they here they were in this dark time chained in the middle of the of the darkest prison that you could think of in the middle of it and they began to praise and worship god and what happened the earthquake came the foundation shook the chains fell off not just them but everyone doors right. flew open i mean we had some freedom going on praise is power so even if you feel like you can just muster up a tiny little bit like i said get in the psalms let it give voice to your pain but also let it give you power and then start to praise in that and allow the Lord to come in and lift that burden from you because that's what he does. He takes from us that spirit of despair by giving us a garment of praise. Yes, yes, amen. And you know, that's why I believe that those stories were recorded is so that we would know that you know we're gonna have we're gonna have tribulations we're gonna have trials we're gonna have things that we go through in seasons of life and sometimes it is a spiritual aspect aspect of oppression mm -hmm. versus depression i'm so glad that you brought that up i've actually gone through both and mm -hmm. they do mimic you know because the enemy will come in he's you know he thinks that he's clever but he's really not but we do have to use discernment right. and we have to understand what is going on here i mean we've got so much uh from a physiological state that happens, you know, with, with nutrition and lack of sleep and overwhelm. And, you know, you mentioned being on stage, getting a prestigious award, but yet nothing, you know, everything, you know, and, and I can so relate to that. And I appreciate you sharing that because I had a similar situation in my life where I always say I was climbing the ladder, but I had the ladder against the wrong building, you know, oh. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't know the Lord, you know, uh, and he did, he turned things around for me. But even after I came into a relationship with the Lord Jesus, it was still that trying to fix myself, mm -hmm. trying to do it in my own strength, in my own way and, and get trying to get God to come along for the ride. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he he doesn't do co-pilot, okay? Oh, yeah. I, I cringe when I see that uh, license or the uh, bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot. And I'm like, oh. dude, get out of the driver's seat. You're headed for a bridge. You're going to hit it. Right. <laughs> because we really do have to cast our care on him. And right. we do have to cry out to him. And we have to allow him to go in deep and get those roots and start to show and reveal things. And we're totally just, you know, little by little being transformed by the renewing of our mind by studying the scriptures, like you said, and looking at the other lives and knowing that we're not alone. The enemy right. is not creative. God is the creator. The enemy is not creative. So he, but he tries the same junk with mm -hmm. everybody, same mm -hmm. lot. You know, I mean, comes at young girls, you know, you're not pretty, you're ugly. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares. You know, rejection, rejection, rejection. And then we've got, I'm, I've been 
knee deep for several months uh, dealing with tweens and teens. And this is such a, and, and you are so right. It is very hard to discern when it comes to uh, what is physiological, what is hormonal, what is spiritual, what is, you know, um, just, you know, bullying and so many different things. And we see it over and over. It's the same line. A uh, friend of mine, Rebecca Friedlander, I don't know if you know Rebecca. Do you know Rebecca? I don't. Check out her stuff. She she interviewed 50 women across the world, you know, all continents. And the, it's, the lies are still the same. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to believe a lie, it's going to resonate. It's going to stay there. And you need the cross. And, and even if you are a Christian and you're thinking, but I've got Jesus, lean in press in. Stop trying to fix it. You can't fix it. You know, he took care of it at the cross and he wants to draw you in closer. He wants to whisper in your ear how much he loves you and he wants to walk you through it, whether it's a radical deliverance and you're healed or whether it's a process and so forth, because he will take your tears and he will hold them in a bottle and he will literally be there for you during the time of pressure. So just rely on him, whatever your treatment plan looks at. You know, I'm grateful, Pat, that yeah. you got that radical deliverance, but yet your husband went through a series and so forth. And so there is no, uh, there's no one way to fix it, but every way to fix it is Christ. So whether right. you are going to counseling, whether you are taking medication, whether you are radically delivered, it's all rooted in, do we want to lean on him and allow him to use what we're going through? Because Patty, if you hadn't gone through this, how would you have been able to write six books on this topic and have the authority in the spirit realm to talk about it, right? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But here's the thing. God is our healer, but he doesn't just want to come in and fix the problem. He yeah. wants to be your end all be all. Yeah. He wants to be your healer for everything, not just deliver you from depression. Amen. Yeah. The healer, restore, deliver. He, right. Yes. Amen. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah, too, that's what we do. I mean, too often we pursue the healing without pursuing the healer. Oh, come on. We got to come after him. You know, yeah. he's, he's the answer. He's the answer. Amen. Amen. So when you started your journey after, you know, you were like, you cried out to God and said, okay, you know, I, here I am. I'm done trying to fix myself. You know, at that point, did you know right away that you were going to step into the ministry role that you have now and be oh, able no. to help the people? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no that, that came down the road a little later. Uh, <laughs> I was still fairly young in the Lord when the Lord told me he was sending me back to the well. He, he gave me the example of Jeremiah chapter 31, you know, Jeremiah being thrown into the well. Yes. And that's actually, if you look at that and study it, it's actually a perfect portrait for depression. You know, being Jeremiah being in that well, yes. but he showed me that he was going to teach me how to tie rags oh, and yeah. how to reach into the well of others who were suffering as I once was. Right. And over the years, he has done that. And I've grown tremendously in the Lord. Listen, it didn't happen overnight. It, it right. takes a lot, a lot of time. But the more you press into Jesus, it's like the more you get to know him. Now, listen to me. You want to know a key, your, your key to living here, a key for me of for living for God has been getting a revelation of God's love for me. That was a game changer for me. Once yeah. I was awakened to his love, not just his healing power in my life, his yeah. grace for me at the cross, his mercy shown for the deliverance of my sin. All of these things were wonderful. And all of these things filled me with gratitude. 
all of these things, getting in God's word and allowing it to wash my mind with truth and to change destructive patterns. But it was getting a revelation of God's love for me that changed the way I lived. And when I began to realize how much he loved me and desired me and how much he was, how passionate he was for me, I began Oh my gosh, Maggie, it became a whole new ball game, baby. I mean, that's when I came to life in the Lord. And I think too often we come at spiritual disciplines, like we're just getting our little spiritual check marks. Yeah, I read my Bible for today. Check. Yeah, I did my my, my prayer today. And listen, I, I'm not putting spiritual disciplines down. We need them to grow in the Lord. But when you get a revelation of God's love for you, getting in the word and prayer and just pressing into Jesus, it becomes, it becomes live. He becomes tangible to you. And that's when I think he is able to just breathe that life into you. And when you are hurting, you know, he is your place to run. When things aren't going the way you would like for them to go, you know, he is your safe place. He is your refuge. He is your deliverer. And in his timing and in his own way, he has a way of doing things. And even if God brings you into a difficult season, look at it as something as good. God never does anything apart from his nature, his character, and right. everything he does is for our good. Now, will it feel good in the moment? Maybe no. not. <laughs> but if you press into him and let him carry you through it, and you'll begin to see him in a beautiful way, you'll begin to see his heart toward you. You'll begin to see yourself differently. You'll begin to see the world differently. You'll begin to see the church differently. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, you want to know where love comes from? It comes from God. God is love. And the more we press into him and the more revelation that we get from him in his love for us, the more we come alive in his love and we're able to love even when it's difficult to love. Um, that's so true. And that's so powerful. And I feel like I've been to church up in here. <laughs> because I'll tell you, it is so true. If I was to pull all the clients that I've worked with in the last 12 years, they would all the ones that have had the greatest success is those that have gotten a revelation of his love. And, you know, perfect love casts out fear. And a lot of times the things that we deal with are all rooted in fear of whether or not, you know, we're going to make it. And it's, you know, in fear, fear is torment. The Bible's very clear about that. And so whenever we get to that point where his love comes in, it changes things. It takes those hard hearts and it turns them into a heart of flesh and it and allows that healing to really come in. And you start to see him as daddy instead of God. You know, I mean, I, I grew up thinking God was like, had a baseball bat and was going to take me out as mm -hmm. soon as I screwed up. And I was hiding from him. I didn't want him mm -hmm. to see my shame and my sin and all of that and everything. But the love yeah. of the father is so powerful. And, you know, that perfect love casts out all that fear. And that's where the real freedom comes from so if you do not know the love of the father get close to him and the best way to get close to him is get into his word and I love what you said spiritual disciplines are needed we will not grow without them they are nutrients for your spiritual growth and you've got to ingest the word of God you've got to have prayer you've got to have fellowship and community and all of those things but you have got to get a revelation of the love of the father it will transform everything and it'll help you with those that you're dealing with that are hurting you know because hurting people they they tend to hurt you and oh, you yeah. have to be able to understand where it's coming from that point of pain and that's why I encourage you to reach out for this mentoring program that Patty's got because it literally can help whether you're going through it or you're going through it with someone else. Either way, you need tools and tools are going to be able to 
be sharpened along the way. So, Patty, I know you've got several books. You've got six books, but I know you just had a revision mm -hmm. on a recent one. Uh, do you have that book handy where you can show the cover? I love the cover of this book. Yeah, um, it's, it's called Finally Free, Breaking the Bonds of Depression Without Drugs. And it's my personal story. And I often give this to caregivers so that they can understand what their loved one is going through. Yes. And I've had a lot of people who are battling depression write to me and go, oh, my gosh, it's like you're telling my story because I understand how they feel. I understand where they are. Yes. But I also understand the hope and deliverance that comes through Jesus Christ. Yes. So this is my personal story. But I also share a little bit about my husband's story, his battle with depression and how God delivered him. I also give practical tips and do's and don'ts on how to work with or handle someone who is battling depression. There's also words of hope in here. There's a lot of scripture verses that you can pull on that are going to encourage you as a caregiver, encourage you as a seeker, and even verses that you can read over your loved ones, because it's so important to stay in the word of God during that time. And finally, uh, at the end of the book, I give you depression from a biblical perspective. Because depression, even though the word depression is not in the Bible, there are a lot of words like gloom and despair that taught that are categorized, um, you know, categorizing yes. of depression. And it also mentions the people, some of the people who in scripture went through depression and how God helped them as they went through depression. And, and they were never the same. Listen, God met them where they were and he delivered them out of that. But then it also gives you that depression from a biblical perspective where it talks about what can cause depression and what can cure depression from a biblical standpoint. I love that. I absolutely love that because that is where it all takes place is in the word of God. There is nothing in there that is not good for you. And there is no nothing in there that you can't find a solution for what you're right. going through. But, you know, many times we don't want to approach it because we sometimes we're almost like, well, what is it going to say about my circumstances? Am I going to have to change? Am I going to have to maybe, um, you know, change my perspective? Am I going to have to maybe change my circle? You know, if you were hanging around negative Nancy all the time and you're sitting around at a table bashing your husbands and talking about how miserable the world is and, you know, watching the news, the news, the news. Okay. Turn the news off. Okay. Yeah. Turn the news yeah. off and turn the social media too. Yeah. Yes. yeah, they're off social yes. media too. Unplug from social media, absolutely. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and I won't get on my tangent here because those of you that know me, you know that I'm very passionate about this topic. It increases mental illness, in my opinion. It is causing, I have seen detrimental effects in our youth. And I'm very passionate about this. Now, I know you're probably saying, but Maggie, you're on every platform. And Maggie, you're on here. Listen, I contribute. I try not to consume. And what I know when I've consumed too much, because it is a pull, it is a draw. It is a time sucker. It is. It will just make your day. It'll wreck your day. You cannot be productive and 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 glued to any device. And you can get addicted to uh, social media. Or you can get addicted to any smart device, technology, and so forth. Just as much as you can get addicted to drugs. And it is real. You know, uh, these kids. I my heart breaks. And for those of you that want more information on that. I've got broadcasts about that. I, I will have a personal conversation if needed. But the reality is, is that you've got to manage your screen time. It's very right. important. It will lead to depression, period. 
I'm just saying I've seen it way too much and I and so forth. But but Patty, I'm so grateful that you were obedient to tell your story to help others. And it's been just amazing. You know, I met Patty and Christian Women in Media years ago and I had the pleasure of just, you know, seeing she just lights up and, and you look at her and you think this beautiful woman's got it so together. How could she have ever been depressed? Listen, God, you know, the enemy, he does not just single out one people type. OK, you heard what she said. She had everything going on. So you don't have to be in the pit of despair or or broke or sick or so forth. Yes, you you're susceptible to depression in those states, but you can be way up here and still experience depression because it all is where we put our faith and our trust and who we allow to speak into our hearts. And if you're looking for the world to fill a void, it will never fill the void. You have got to have the Redeemer, the Deliverer, Christ Jesus in your heart. And if you have questions about who he is, what he's about, or how to get that, you need to reach out to Patty or you can reach out to myself. We would talk all day long about how good he is yeah. and the faithfulness. And Patty, you've got, uh, you're actually facilitating a, uh, are you facilitating a small group in Esther Arising? Starts this Wednesday, right? Yes, it starts this Wednesday. It is Arise Esther. I'm one of the small group leaders, but I also am doing a panel it's on Friday. So you want to sign up for the conference now because uh, it starts Wednesday night and it goes all day Thursday, all day Friday. And on Friday, we are having a panel. Myself is on there, Carissa Moore and um, Dr. Michelle Bankson will be on there and Tina Yeager will be on there. And we are going to talk about depression and suicide. And it is just a powerful panel for, it's just a wonderful opportunity to get some answers. But Arise Esther is not just going to focus on depression. It right. also focuses on, my gosh, it's like an umbrella. It's anything you can think of, whether you're a ministry leader in the church, you are a ministry leader in your home. If it's about dealing with family, dealing with kids, dealing with church issues, um, growing in your spiritual growth. If you feel like you're being called as an author or a speaker and you want to learn more. I mean, we have it's time to arise, you know, like Esther stepped up and she, even if she perished, she perished, but she was determined to step up and to speak out for, um, against the annihilation of her people. And we, as a church, we need to band together and it's time to rise up like Esther rose up. We are in a time at such a time as this, and it's time to step forward with boldness, especially if you really feel like you're being called into ministry you need this. You need it's time to arise. So yes. you can learn more at um, and ariseester.com. But yeah, it's it's an amazing conference. A lot of big names, every everybody from Babby Mason to um, Stormy Oderman, uh, all, all kinds of you know, big name people are going to be there uh, talking and we're going to have breakouts. We're going to have small group sessions. We're going to have main stage speakers. There's going to be worship. We're even going to have some comedy to kick it off on Wednesday night. So <laughs> Yeah, it's all online. So yeah, go out to ariseester.com and sign up now because it starts it starts just in two days. Absolutely. So is it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Yeah, it starts Wednesday. It actually starts with a little bit of a breakout Wednesday afternoon. There's like some some teaching sessions you can learn. Uh, so it starts you out then. But the real kickoff starts Wednesday night and with some comedy and just some good fun. We, we need to laugh. You know, there's yeah. been so much going on with COVID and 2020 has been such a rough ride and it's time to, we need to laugh. It's time to get some humor on. Yeah. The, yeah. the Lord is our strength, right? So let's yeah. tap into that. Absolutely. And laugh and <laughs> medicine. We need to take a dose of it, a whole lot yeah. of it. I just came yeah. out of uh, five days with no power or electricity up here oh. on the edge. And, you know, 2020, well, you know, it was just a growing stage. <laughs> <laughs>
this is an opportunity to grow and and trust. So listen, you guys, remember that in this world, you're going to have tribulations, but you have to cheer up. Jesus overcame the world. So whatever you're going through, he knows and he understands. So run to the Father and get your healing. Patty, I want to thank you for being on the broadcast with me today. For those of you watching, I'll put the chat in the chat stream. I'll put her websites. But if you're watching this on Creative Motion, I want you to go to pattymason.org. And that will take you over to her Liberty in Christ. Mm -hmm. Is is it dot org? Yeah, it's libertyinchristministries.com. Dot com. There we go. Mm -hmm. So you need to check out her resources. You need to check out the uh, mentoring program. And, and you need to get her books because her books are going to give you hope and encouragement. And like she said, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times the Lord has used a story. And it's like this person gets it. You need to understand people get how you feel. And no matter where it's okay to not be okay, because we all have stages where we're not okay. It's not okay to stay in that place. And you right. can take action to get out of that place by reaching out. So I want to thank you all for watching Patty. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maggie. So it's loved being here with you. It's absolutely wonderful to spend time with you. And I can't wait to hug your neck in person. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on keys to your best life.